0: We are live. All right, everybody. Welcome to episode number 102 of Sports Cars Live. It is Saturday night, June the 19th. My name is Jeremy Lee. And before we get to tonight's episode, I do want to thank last Saturday's guest. Oh, I forgot to do the intro video. I forgot the intro video, Amit. Can we do it now? Let's do it. We're going to do the intro video, guys, and then we're going to come back. We're going to do the intro video. Here we go. Lifestyle. Sports cards and we live now. Jeremy Lee in the building and never guess that you ever need it. Sports cards after hours keep the hobby heated. Updates, hobby talk like you never seen it. Sports cards live and I could ever beat it. Sports cards is a lifestyle. Sports cards and we live now. Welcome to another episode of Sports Cards Live with your host, Jeremy Lee. Hey. Okay, here we go. Now we can we can do a restart here. Everybody, welcome again. Sports Cards Live, episode 102. It is June the 19th, 2021. You know my name is Jeremy Lee, and we do have Amit Acharya, who will be joining us in just a couple of seconds. Before we get to it, I do want to thank last Saturday's guest, Christina Thorson. She is from Card Ladder. We had a great episode. It was Ladies Night, followed up on After Hours by Sam Shuford from Women of the Hobby, Another excellent episode with her. While want to let everybody know this coming Friday will be, I believe, the fifth installment of the PWCC auction ending on eBay watch party, the hockey auctions, having a lot of fun with those. I know a lot of you out there are enjoying those shows, so please join us for that on Friday, and then the next night, next Saturday... Our guest will be none other than Josh Luber. He is the founder of StockX. He will be with us next Saturday night. Tonight, though, no after hours, guys. No after hours. I need a break. We streamed all day today on the Virtual Expo, and we are streaming all day again tomorrow on the Virtual Expo. So no after hours tonight. Shoutouts. We are On our way now to 3,200 subscribers. I can't believe it. Thank you to each and every one of you. If you are not yet subscribed to the channel, please go ahead and do so. I want to shout out all the podcast listeners. I know you guys are out there. Thank you for your loyalty and for continuing to listen to the show. I also want to shout out the Big Three Hockey. My guys are awesome. They are great supporters of the show. Give them a follow on Instagram. And I want to shout out the Virtual Expo where we spent the day today um, had a great time. And that's what this episode is about. We're going to really revisit that whole thing today with Amit. Let's bring him out. Amit, there you are. Get ready. Welcome to the show, buddy. How are you? Good. How are you, buddy? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. So before we jump in and we really debrief our day at the Virtual Expo and talk about you know, how it went, the deals we did, the people we saw, we are going to say hello to the chat. We've got a whole bunch of people here already. We got Maslosopher, never seen you before, I don't think. Go Bucks and welcome to the show, glad to have you. Global is back, good day there to you, my man. We got Troy, hello, hello. We got B-Roy back, good evening, B-Roy. Global says that intro is the bomb. That's why I had to reverse and play that because uh, you you have it, you have to use it, right? We got Charles from Card Canucks, good evening, Charles. Troy says, hello, hello, fellow sports card collectors. Hello, lads anonymous Facebook user. We got Frank Estella in the house. Good evening, Frank, great to see you, Dennis Lescom. Good evening to you, as always. Lots of people here, I meet lots of people. We got Ian Undercover, good evening to you. Michael Ham is back, Michael, good evening. Thank you, Troy, much appreciated. One of one from Australia, how awesome is that, Amit? We got people from the other side of this planet. Foul five ball. Good evening, David G. Brian Palmer. We did a deal today. Good evening, Brian. We got Toa in the house. Good evening, Toa. We got Eric Sanderson to Aura's here. Barry Ma from Com C. My man, Barry. Good evening to you. Al G. is there. Good evening, Al. We got Victor, the recently rebranded but still rookie card specialist, is with us. Good evening, Victor. Kelly Winters. Hello. Josh Packham. We got Dave Slipka in the house. Good evening, Dave. Wow, we got lots of y'all. We got Rocco Rosado is back. Hello, Rocco. Looking forward to the recap. Miss the expo. Your grandson's ballgame. Well, good day to you, Rocco. Good to see you. We got Gia Moz in the house. Josh Glover, we did a deal today too. Todd McDonald, super striker. Jeff McMahon, the sports card seller. Lapper in the house. Aaron, we did a deal today as well. Paul, we did a deal today. Hey, everyone's here. Everyone's here. We're welcoming Australia. Slow pitch fanatic is here. Hammer66. Wow, happy we are that this is hopefully the last virtual expo. That's an interesting comment right there. Is it the last virtual expo or will the virtual expo continue once the real expo comes back? That's a great question. Something we're talking about. Yannick, good evening to you, Yannick, sir. Ryan O'Hara is here. Richard Turner, good evening. Hockey guy is there. We got him. There he is. Michael Ham, I appreciate that. reminds everybody to hit that like button, guys. I appreciate it. Subscribe if you haven't yet. Sam, we did a deal today. Good evening. Chris Carter, we did a deal today. Good evening to you. All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. I've been doing a lot of talking today. How about you, Amit? Did you do a lot of talking today?
1: Oh, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, my voice is sore. I've been sitting in his chair. I'm a little sore if I'm bad. I need to get up. I need to do like you and get up on a Peloton for like an hour. I didn't do the Peloton today, but I did it yesterday
0: knowing, and I didn't feel like it because I was working all day and then I had to get ready for the show, but I squeezed it in the middle knowing that it was going to be a rough, uh, not a rough, but a couple of days of not much movement. So I uh, I got it in last night before, uh, actually just before supper. So, okay, let's, let's jump into it, Amit. I mean, I went into the show this weekend uh, feeling unprepared compared to the first two. The first two, I felt much more prepared what I mean by that is that I have a lot of inventory that I didn't scan and put in my Dropbox and price and all that. It's just been, time's been at a premium lately. So, but what I did do was I had a bunch of stuff from before. I did have some new stuff. I put it in. So I went into the show thinking that, you know what, I might not sell too many cards, uh, but I was pleasantly surprised. I actually had a pretty good show today. I did, I think I, what did I tell you? 11 11 deals, but some of them were multi-card deals. And um, and they, you know, I was very pleasantly surprised. How, how, from a deal flow perspective, based on your expectations to what happened, how did that go for you?
1: It went way beyond that, what I was expecting. I thought it would be, you know, similar to last show, but way busier. I did 17 deals. I can't remember what I did last show. I'm not as meticulous as you are when it comes to note-taking, but I remember being around less than that at the first day. But yeah, 17 deals and some deals as small as one card and some with 10 to 20 cards. So overall, it was beyond my wildest expectations. I did over-prepare for this. So I did spend, I scanned probably, I want to say 3,500 to 4,000 cards and priced them all. Yes, I went through a lot of stickers and a lot of price gun materials to do that. But I think the effort paid off in my end because people were, were happy to see that it was you know, low end, high end, mid range, all sports. So... I did do the homework, so it worked out.
0: Yeah, and you, I mean, you were prepared well in advance. You had yeah. a you had a ton of cards scanned. You had them shared in a Google Drive. Yeah. You had your link ready to go. I followed your lead. I had a pin to the top of my booth chat, but I also added at the top of my booth, which, which is something we should talk about because that was a really great improvement on version three of the virtual this mm-hmm. time versus the first two where the platform hop in actually opened up, a whole section below the screen now where, where people could scroll and you could put in links to videos, you could put mm-hmm. in text, you could, you know, a description, um, links to your social media fo- accounts yeah. and that sort of thing. And I saw one of the booths, I forget who it was, but they had um, like pictures of product with prices. And so if you, if, oh, that was actually a, what do they call it expo? They set up against the far wall with all the wax, those guys. Grizzly grizzly that was their booth they had a pretty good setup going if you spent the time to set up this booth you could have done some great things i feel like now i wasn't set up to the full extent possible but um and i really didn't do some of it till late last night after talking to you uh where i went in and i i filled out that bottom part i didn't it didn't come that obvious to me but got that done and so I thought the booth was much better this time than last time. Plus when somebody wanted to come on the screen with you, you didn't actually have to admit them. They just, they just hit the share video and audio and then they appeared on your screen, which allowed us as vendors to not have to pay attention to that, which was great. Cause otherwise you could leave someone down there and forget to look yeah. and they might get offended that you didn't invite them up onto the screen with you. So that was pretty cool. I thought that was a nice touch this time. Um, let's go a couple, I want to bring up, uh, Chris Carter, who I know was a, a, setup set up as well. He says, uh, let's just go up. He says, um, Hey, it's Chris. Hi, Chris, Jeremy. I did some cards from you, Amit sending you Insta offers now. He goes on to say, but as a booth seller, I found it not that great today, unfortunately. And, you know, I'm sorry to hear that, Chris. I wonder, like, it, I think it comes down to how you're set up. And I heard it again today, Um, Doug Lothers came in and he said that, um, he said again, and he said it last time too, that you and I had the, had the best navigation for, for patrons to, to, to look at what we had available. And it didn't, it's not that hard to do. So I don't, I don't know why, or if other people did it, but they just didn't have what people wanted. I don't know why, you know, Chris, I know has a great selection of cards, Chris Carter. So I'm wondering what the you know? What was the the friction between customers and sales that uh, you know where he he was a little bit disappointed with with, with how it went for him today? Um, Sam I says, hey, "I'm still waiting."
1: Sorry, go ahead. I wonder if it's a case of where you set your expectations versus where you're netting out to be. That's one aspect of it. Two is how much preparation in advance did you de- did you? I'm saying this without looking at your booth, so don't take it take it with a grain of salt you know, maybe actually share your booth name on here and tomorrow we can actually take a look and Jeremy and I have the time to pop in. We'll just see real quick and maybe, you know, pass on some advice. But I do think it's about preparing as best as you can and thinking like that, like a customer.
0: And I think it's, you know, even when you go to a real card show, not ai don't want to say that the virtual isn't real because it's a real one. It's just a virtual real one. Yeah. But even when you go to a physical in-person card show, you need to prepare mm-hmm. ahead of time. And if you... Have your cards priced and you have them organized by whatever team, player, you know, uh, year set, however you do it. Uh, and you have them accessible to the customers. I think you're, you know, by either by having lots of showcases or boxes that people can flip through. I think you're going to, um, it's going to pay dividends to be prepared, just like anything in life. The more prepared you are, the more successful you will be. And again, that's not a comment to Chris or anybody else, because I'm not sure how their booths were set up. I really didn't get away from mine too much today. Um, But uh, but let's see, he goes on to say, congrats, guys. I I had only a few people come through, less than 50, and those that did, did not communicate at all. I only did three deals. Yeah, that's, I'm sorry to hear that, Chris, because I know you got a lot of great cards, and I think part of it for part of the advantage I I think I must have is that people know who I am through Sports mm-hmm. Cards Live, and so they they come check it out. I, that's got to be a bit of it. Amit's got his show, Cardboard Culture. You know, he's got a following too, so that might give us an advantage. Maybe maybe to be successful at a virtual expo, you need to have a YouTube channel uh, and, and kind of double up double up your penetration to a degree. What
1: do you? The other angle to it is well you and i are very social animals right so when we like we've been doing this for 30 some odd years we network quite well like i, I know a fair amount of people you know a fair amount of people uh, and, our, and our circles don't collide that often so you think about how diverse our, our spheres are right so i think chris again i'm saying this without knowing you to so don't take it as an insult or anything maybe it's just uh, working on the networking piece again let us know what booth you're at and we can definitely pass around some, some knowledge and, and help and wherever possible. And there are people in the chat that have also been to the expo as well, and they can pass along their virtue as well. Well,
0: I can tell you about one thing I know about Chris Carter, uh, is that he, he can talk, he, he can talk. Cause he's on well, clubhouse. Yeah. He's on clubhouse all the time. He's holding court on clubhouse. He's well-respected on clubhouse. A lot of people, um, you know, he, he's on there all the time. So, and he's made a lot of friends on there. So I just, uh, I I think it I think one of the things, though, is you have to be when you have to be talking. If there's no one on your screen with you, kind of socializing with you, you have to be talking. And also, the other thing is that if you're on your screen by yourself, other people might come in and maybe I don't know. I'm just speculating. Maybe they feel a little bit awkward to be the only person there. So it might help to have a a partner or somebody on with you. Mm Um, even if it's just a, a buddy or your girlfriend or your son or your, or whomever, you know, um, the very but, first,
1: uh, sorry, J- uh, Jeremy's going interject. The very first expo I did it by myself. And I had to force myself to talk through like a one-way glass. It's like, Hey, I know there's 18 of you out there. I'm not going to hurt you. Come on screen. And people did come. Uh, it, but this show, Jeremy, is our third one. We knew a lot of people. So people were there at the beginning. Like there were people yeah. left on the booth. So we have that advantage too. That's true. So what Josh says, I spent about an hour looking
0: and peeking around today. And again, you two hit it out of the park again, as far as being prepared compared to everyone else. So that's some feedback right there. B Roy says, I spent forever going through Amit's cards. <laughs> Troy says, 3,500 scanned cards. That's a lot of work. Yeah, that sure is. We got Joe Sackick. Alex says, didn't make it this time around, didn't sign up so that I wouldn't be tempted to spend money. Hey, fair. You know, if, you gotta, yeah. if you're budgeting, you uh, you, you got to be careful. Super Striker says, any soccer people have any high end De Bruyne, not graded stuff? Howdy, Facebook user. Oh, here in chat. Hey, there's my guy, Joe Perot from Santa Cruz. Love me some culture with a meat. There you go. There you go. Chris says, I could have been interviewing Wayne Gretzky himself, but if nobody comes in, it makes no difference. Well, here's the thing. You don't know how many people you actually had, Chris, because all you see is an eyeball count. And that that could be stuck at, at five the whole day. And that could be the same five people that are watching you. <laughs> They're just peeping, tomming you for, for the whole day. <laughs> or it's people coming and going. And yes. that number is a whole bunch of different people. So when you say fifty unique, I don't know how you know that because I don't know how many unique people I had. I, unless you got that stat from uh, from the show itself, which is yeah. possible for sure. Brad says, "For us newcomers, what is the virtual expo? How do we find out about the next one?" Just found this podcast two weeks ago. So, well, Brad, thirty-one. Welcome to this podcast. Glad to see you. How do you find out about it? Well, face you know you Facebook, Instagram, um, this channel, a meets channel on YouTube. Uh, vendors that are setting up at it. We're talking about it. I've been talking about it for, I don't know, at least a month, maybe six Mm -hmm. weeks leading up to it. Uh, But Instagram is a great place really to keep up with hobby content, I would say. So, but what it is, it's a, it's the, the sport card expo is the second largest show in the world behind the national. It happens twice a year in April and November on location in Toronto near the airport. And, uh, and it's an awesome card show, but with the pandemic, Steve Menzi, the owner, started the virtual expo in its place. And this was the third time it's been done. It was last June, last November, and now this June. And it's online out of the comfort of your own house. And uh, that's what we're talking about. So come by tomorrow, sport, sportcardexpo.com. I'll put that on, on the ticker shortly here. It's free registration and come hang out. Come meet us. Yep. Love, to, love to see you. Here's a Here's a message to vendors. <laughs> My message to vendors. Copy Jeremy and or Amit. So, and and I copied Amit this time for a lot of uh, a lot of my booth build out. So uh, we've said we said it all through the second expo too. We had successful virtual. Yeah. So look at what we're doing now. It might not work for everybody, but you, Amit, I probably had four hundred cards, and you had ten times that. Yeah. So, I mean, if you. If you have a million cards, don't think you're going to be able to display a million cards. You have to pick out the ones you want to do
1: and just be prepared with those. I'd also say the virtual expo prep is very different than an in-show prep. Because if you think about it from a real estate perspective, you've got to figure out what's going to fit in those display cases. Right. Versus the virtual where you can show everyone everything. I'll tell you this, I will never do without the virtual from now on, there'll always be a virtual aspect of every single one of my shows, When even when the Expos open up, I'll still have a virtual uh, component. Uh, I'll share that uh, closer to when we do the actual Expo, but I'll do there, but I will always have a virtual Expo uh, component. So
0: what 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 you're saying is, no matter if you're at the actual Expo or you're not, you're gonna always have sort of your Google Docs yep. with all the pictures and a link. Basically, it's a link to virtual images. So. Um, to Brad, I think it was Brad thirty one. There was it, Brad. Yeah, I believe there's so. The, yes, there's the website right there, SportcarExpoExcuseMe dot com. Check it out, and uh, we'll hopefully see you there tomorrow. Yeah, Chris gives another some other good advice here. He says make a link that goes to all your scans. That's what we're talking about here. We have our scans. I use Dropbox, and Meet uses Google. Yep. Lapper jumps in and says, I hope there is always a place for virtual expos. Very convenient. And lower time commitment, right? And lower travel requirements, yeah. right? Not everybody is, you know, let's let's face it, not everybody is physically able, financially able, or geographically able to get to the uh, any card show. Never mind just the Sport Card Expo. So what Steve is building here is a platform for. I don't know if you can hear my baby monitor here. <laughs> That's my kid. Um, what Steve is building here is a baby. <laughs> <laughs> <a baby> <laughs> what Steve is building here is a platform for uh, what what may or may not stick after the real expo comes. I don't know. I'm I'm not sure if it is something that will be um, if the virtual expo will 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 happen once the regular in person expo in Toronto ha- gets back on its normal normal calendar of every November and every um, every May. What do you think of me?
1: I agree. I mean. I think whether the platform lives or died, I think he's still found elements to it to accentuate the actual physical expo. So there's definitely advantages there. I can think of a whole bunch of things he can do, like virtual uh, piping of, of television feeds of, or video feeds of, of athletes or whatever, or may have you, that kind of thing. There'd always be a virtual component of it. The advantage of the virtual component, which you didn't mention is one of your key features is, there's also the psychosocial aspects of it. Not everyone is comfortable going out into a large settings and talking to people or even dealing. So some people find comfort in just, you know, being behind their keyboard and talking. It's like the keyboard warrior, so to speak. So I'd see for that reason, and especially with COVID, people are more accustomed now to doing things online. So I think there's that aspect of it as well.
0: Good point. I, I'm We're way behind in the comments here. There's been a lot, but I just want to bring up uh, Chris's comment here. He says, when. People come to the booths to look at your cards and see what you have. Use the Steve Jobs principle when it comes to computer stuff: less clicks the person has to do, the better. Very fair. David G says, "Is it proper etiquette to negotiate during a virtual expo?" Well, I did a negotiation with somebody in front of 20 yep. people that were peering into the booth today. I think Same. it's fair etiquette. Why not? You know, and but the thing is that the the platform actually offers private chat between vendor and and patron to. Mm-hmm do the negotiating there, which I did plenty of today. So definitely, I I definitely think it is. There's Chris Carter's booth guys. If you come to the virtual expo tomorrow, be sure to check out his booth cards and clothes and mems. I can tell you, he's got a lot of great cards. So go visit with him and let's get, uh, let's get some traffic to Chris's booth tomorrow and um, let's get him some business here. The guy uh, I know, I know he's got lots of great cards. So let's get out there. He says, this time I priced out most of my cards in advance. And it took many, many hours for sure. It's going to take time. That's that's the yes. way it goes. He says, I didn't have Dropbox, but again, I had so few people come. You don't know that, Chris, because if you would have had a link, people might have clicked it. You wouldn't have known they were there. They would have been in your link. So,
1: And the one advantage out. of having a Google Drive is every time someone goes to the link, I get a notification. Oh. So I know that people are looking. That's cool. That's yeah. cool.
0: Seb says, now that the real local and big expos are coming back ever, do you think there will be another? Well, okay, I'm a little behind on the comments. We've discussed that. Chris says, well, tomorrow I'm giving away surprise cards to people who come in. It's going to be random and bonus, but hopefully it will encourage people to come in. Well, and now we just told 97 people that, Chris. So um, hope, hopefully that those people, everybody does come. Guys, yes. come to the expo tomorrow and let's, uh, let's get Chris some, uh, some action here. Let's get Chris some action. Facebook user says booths have to have cards and prices I can browse through. Of course, of course. Is this still going on at all? It is going on tomorrow. Tomorrow's day two of the virtual expo, James. Josh Glover, who hung out with me today, says, Jeremy, you're right about being known. My time was limited today. I made a point to drop in on both of you as I know you. Same as hitting those tables in person when you go to a show. Fair, fair, fair. Chris says, so yeah, free cards are being given away tomorrow at Cards & Clothes. There you go guys, free cards at Cards & Clothes tomorrow. Oh, we got Ken from Pastime says, virtual is much different, maybe not better or worse, just different, both have pros and cons. Very fair comment. Chris says, you can see the names of people who are in your booth next to the chat button on your booth. Oh, so you were actually like counting them, that's cool. All right, very cool. We got Mike in the house, All Star says, 3,500 scans makes me appreciate all the work Com C does for me, fair comment. Mike's got one of the biggest Com C stores there is. Yep. And then Chris says, despite all this, it's still a great time. I bought some awesome cards. I'm glad a few buyers are happy with my cards. That's nice, Chris. Yeah, but I got right here the cards that uh, that we did a deal on. And I'm gonna show all the cards that I moved today without really divulging who bought them, but I do wanna show the cards. Colin, yeah, the Expo is the biggest hockey card show in the world, but the nice thing about Expo is that you know it's in Toronto. You've got baseball, you've got basketball, and trust me when I say, at the at the expo in November, there's gonna be more basketball there than you've yep. ever seen before. It's going Thank to. You. I don't know. I'm not saying it'll rival hockey, but it's going to give it a bit of a run for its money. What do you think of me?
1: It's already been doing that actually, even before COVID. Those last few expos, uh, baseball was definitely taking center stage. That was football. And soccer, so it's it was already coming to so now it'll be exacerbated. I would almost hedge to say, I would almost want to say it's gonna be a good 50-50 split. That's a,
0: that's see, that's really high for basketball, and then you you got baseball too, right? With uh, with junior there, Guerrero Junior. Yeah. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be more spread out. It's not gonna be ninety percent hockey. It's gonna be more yeah. like probably maybe fifty, and then fifty split between baseball basketball because all the hockey guys not all many of the hockey guys that i know they're spreading their wings they're into yeah. they're, they're, and they're enjoying some of these other they're enjoying basketball more more than if you know if not more if not as much more than they are hockey same with baseball so hello chad shipper good evening we can't we'll see it tomorrow will bennett good evening to you alex is speaking only from the first two virtuals that I attended, you guys had the right formula. If it's the third expo and people aren't adapting, that failure is on them. And I, we had a we had some new uh, vendors this time. I noticed yeah. and we I think we had some that didn't come out again. So the guys that didn't just you know, I don't know, they don't see the value, but I don't think that I think they didn't see the value because they don't have the formula. So well said by Alex there. Chris goes on to say, if you don't want to scan everything, scan what represents the type of stuff you have. That's a good, good advice. We got name in the house. Good evening, name. Let's, okay. I I like to get through the comments. we got a bunch more, so I'm going to hold off on them for a second. And uh, let's talk about one of the new features, guys. This is really cool, actually. This is something that Steve conceived. Uh, Steve Menz again, owner of Expo, came up with this idea to add some value for both the patrons and the vendors. And you know, he's it's a real flexible platform because you've got the, the booths themselves, but then you've got like these stages, you got the main stage and the main stage is something that, you know, it's like, it's like, think about a real car show at the back of the room. There's a main stage and everyone can just walk up and watch it. Well, that's what this was. And uh, a concept called slab fest, which Mm -hmm. the original idea I think was for, okay, if you have a booth at the show, you're going to get a slot, during Slab Fest, which I believe was one hour long. And you got five minutes on the stage, basically right here as you see me. And then in the window beside me was my logo, my contact information and a timer ticking down from five minutes. And I kicked it off. I had the very first Slab Fest slot session of all time. So that was pretty cool. And we and I basically sat there and I had boxes, two boxes of graded cards and I just showed them off. And I said, here's what this is. Here's what that is. I didn't quote prices, just showing what I had, and said, "Hey, these are going to be at my booth. Come out and come by later to the booth, and you can uh, see what you want to buy or 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 not. Whatever you want to do." But I had so much fun with it, a meet because I'm watching the clock go down, and it went down a lot. It went by a lot faster than I thought it. You know, at first there were supposed to be three minute sessions. I thought yeah. that's, that's plenty of time, right? Yeah. Then it went. Then they made it five minutes, and I'm yeah. like. Next thing I know I've got 90 seconds left and I'm I'm racing and at the very end the uh I, I forget is this Spencer I think yeah left me on I had I, he didn't take me down after the clock ticked out so I'm like oh and here's some more cards here's more cards and I was showing more cards and um I just had a lot of fun with it and then I watched the guy after me he had a lot of fun with it how was your slab fest session
1: mine was fun I was expecting three minutes they gave me five minutes and then the cl- uh, the shot clock broke. And then I got an extra minute and a half. But I was trying to time myself. But once the shot clock broke, I lost all track of where I was going with it. I was trying my best to keep the card slow, letting the camera you know, zoom in on it. And I tried to do a good all-around spiel of what we we're doing. But, yeah, when the shot clock broke, I was kind of like, mm, okay. I did find the first couple of people I went after. Or sorry, not went after. Who came before me were really energetic, really loud. I think it was Min- think i can't remember they were on before Inting. me and they're really, yeah. yeah they're really energetic and i'm like oh great Here's, yay me and going right after them but i yeah, was fine they, was- i was gonna say they actually had the session after
0: me so they saw what i did and then he came on he goes wow jeremy rocked it all right let's go and he kind of he kind of flowed with from my page. oh yeah
1: he amped it up and he was excitable amped up and i was like oh great yeah okay <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna end it this way so i did my best on that one it was fine um I just, I will say the comical part of it was, you know, a lot of people who were showing before me had some big guns, like here's 3,000, 4,000. So I decided because I don't have that kind of stuff left, I'm like, here's my $100, $200 affordable slab. So it was fun. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, that brings
0: us to Eric's comment here. He says, are cards being sold only grails costing hundreds and thousands or are there $20 cards too? Well, I can tell you, I did, I did, uh, my, my deals were more in the hundreds, but I did a deal for 20 bucks. I did a deal for 30 bucks and maybe one for 80. Uh, and then everything else was higher, but Amit, you had lots of cards priced 20 bucks and under, Correct.
1: Yes, I had a whole whack of two dollar and under cards. Like I said, I didn't discern what I was going to not scan and scan for the show. My smallest sale was twenty bucks. My largest sale was in the many hundreds. But yeah, it, I had everything scanned. So I just what I didn't want to hear from last show where people saying, "Oh, I only saw high end," but like, no, I wanted to be that one guy that had a mix of everything. So it worked today, actually beautifully. Yeah, yeah, fair.
0: Uh, Lapper makes a good comment here, you know, with the technology, how it also brings the ability to, to meet people, networking, relationship building to the hobby, for sure. Like I had people hanging in the booth with me pretty much all day. And I'm familiar with, I think all those people, but they built relationships between them today, or they solidified those relationships more so than they otherwise would have. So I think that's a big, that's a big part of it. And even though I, I went in expecting to do no sales. And I was totally okay with that. I was just looking forward to hanging out. So, And if no one was in my booth, I would have been in other booths, right? Hanging out over there, probably in a meets booth or
1: what? The so one thing I, I'm laughing because I'm actually doing a deal on text message while I'm talking to you from the well, expo. And the one comical thing I would say with this was because of the relationships you and I have built with people we know through Instagram, Facebook, text message, email, I'm talking to people all over the place. So if I was at the expo, I, it wasn't just a chat window. I had text messages going, phone calls. It was uh, a like those it's old true. school movies with the multiple phones. It felt like that. So the technology, and it brings up this point: you get to connect with people fast.
0: It's true, man. I every time I did a deal, I wrote down the person's name, um, what they bought, how much the deal was for, their address, how they paid me, but most importantly where was I communicating with them, right? Was it Facebook Messenger? Was it Instagram private messaging? Was it the booth chat? Was it email? Was it text? Because otherwise it's like hard to find these conversations later on to find an address if you can't read it or whatever it is. So I like this. Mike says, not to mention no pepperoni smell, which is true. No pepperoni breath walking by you out when you're doing the virtual show, for sure. (laughs) Far less pepperoni smell. Oh, he said it twice. Yep.
1: What yeah, you miss that though, Mike, you know, you missed that. It's been so long. You almost want to smell it. I just know it.
0: Colin says it is great prior to the expo. Slabfest was, it was great. A preview to what I have available. I think what he's saying is it is great prior to the expo is that maybe I, and I'll ask you to correct me or, or clear it up for me, Colin. But when you say it is great prior to the expo, do you mean like having a virtual preview? Cause that's, there's a kind of a good idea, yeah. a virtual preview to the upcoming expo. That's pretty cool. There we go, Chris, you're gonna get adventures. You're gonna get Troy coming by your booth tomorrow. Chris Dornick says, as convenient as a virtual is, there's nothing better than face-to-face contact. Also, I could not get my audio working today. Yeah, I know people that were on their phones were having audio issues. Also, you wanna use Google Chrome? But as far as better than face-to-face, not everybody can do it. That's the thing, right? Of course, face-to-face and in-person is always more fun. It's just not accessible for everybody. So that's why I think there's always going to be a place for the virtual expo. Terry says, I popped into Chris's booth, but when he's talking and searching for basketball cards for someone, I was out of there because he didn't. Yeah, if you didn't have stuff scanned, if you have your booth and you're, the way you're going to handle your booth is people are going to come in. They're going to say, do you have any bowl bowl cards? And you have to go find them behind you physically and then show them to them on screen. That's, that's not a good, that's not, that is not the formula for a virtual expo, but I don't know if that's what, what, what it was like, but if for people that are doing it that way, it's not going to work.
1: It's the same thing as when people come to your booth at the real expo and you don't have prices on your cards, same logic. They don't want to stick around. For sure. For sure.
0: Bobby Burrell. Good evening to you. Bobby was hanging out with, uh, with both of us today at the show, which was great. Uh, lightning, two quick goals. Game on. That's good because I went heavy on the Lightning in my Sports Kings tonight. Joe, my my guy, says great to have a precursor to Chicago. Early thoughts on the national trends interest. What will the narrative be? See, that is on the agenda for tonight, Joe. And um, I'm going to speak to this for a moment because there's been some um, there's been some weird narrative out there I've noticed on on YouTube when it comes to the national the upcoming national i've seen i've seen some some content basically saying there's no point in going you're not going to get any deals and the funny thing is that one one provider in particular who i saw this from has never been to the national has been in the hobby for about a year how do you know what to expect of the national i've been i've been to 15 nationals through ups and downs in the hobby, I can tell you there will be deals there. There will be cash spent. It's not just going to be people are going to trade. There's a there's a whole narrative going on. I think it stems from the Dallas show and a lot of content providers who have said that people weren't spending money. It was all trade. Um, I've heard from a lot of people who said that there were tons of money moving around at the, at the Dallas show. So you really got to be careful who you listen to. And if you know if you're only going to if you would only go to the national because you want to. Find a car to buy for a dollar to sell it for two dollars later, um, and you and you only understand twenty twenty prison basketball. Yeah, maybe don't come to the show, but don't tell other people not to. Now there's, this is a double edged sword, right? Because it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a zoo in there. So the the fewer of those people that come, probably the better. And the few, and the people that are listening to these content providers who are telling people not to go to the national, probably wouldn't have a successful show anyway, even in the best of times. So yeah, maybe maybe don't come. I, I don't know
1: because we need we need room there. You're shaking your head. What do you think? I'm like, how can you... The worst anyone can say to you is no, but you don't give someone a chance to tell you the word no, you'll never know. Like go into the dealer and ask for a deal. Don't wait on the outside looking and guessing that you may not make a deal. It's like you're not even bringing yourself to the dance. Go dance. Go to the it's dance. A lot of... Some people are saying that you know what, it's not financially
0: worth it for me for the travel and and yeah. the hotel, the flight. I understand that if you cannot if you can't afford the travel and the flight, the flight and the hotel, um, then yeah, it's not even an option for you anyway. But which is unfortunate. But that's hey, the virtual is a great option for that, right? But the national isn't to to a collector. The national isn't just about looking for deals on cards you can make money on later I don't not I don't think it is I'll project that out there. It's about the experience, right it's it's an experience it's it's the Disney World of the hobby it's the Super Bowl of the hobby. People go to Vegas for an experience they go to Disney World for an experience they go to Europe for an experience. the national is an experience. if you're a hobbyist and you're serious about your hobby, the national, I recommend that you go. I recommend to every hobbyist go to it and to and to, to think that because the Dallas people think one of the narratives is that sellers aren't going to sell their cards now because they want March money. They want February money for their cards. That's just not true. Dealers are smarter than that. Experienced dealers are smarter than that. They didn't buy their cards in February and March. They've been buying their cards for a decade, if not longer. So they're going to be there to sell. They're not going to wait for the market to get back to where it was in February or March. They're going to sell their cards for today's prices because they understand that a card is only worth what someone will pay for it. Yeah. So if you're not going to the national because you think vendors aren't going to sell you cards because they don't they want to get March money, you are wrong. You are dead wrong. And if you're telling other people not to go to the national because of that, um, unsubscribe, Unsubscribe from that channel immediately. Jeremy, you
1: know what? Maybe let them not come.
0: Well, that's the thing too. That's the other thing.
1: Because then we get well. I won't. I haven't been to National yet. Full disclosure: it's on my bucket list. But it's almost about the expo. Like, just just stay home. <laughs> I'll go walk in there.
0: Yeah, I hear you, man. I mean, it's that. That's the thing. I, I heard. I heard a. I heard this rumor today. Uh, Someone in my booth was talking about. He was saying that. And I, I don't I don't believe this, but it makes somewhat sense and wouldn't be the worst strategy. What I heard was that CIA <laughs> or no, no, sorry. CIA. And I don't believe this, but no, not CIA. Sorry, I'm confusing two stories. I think I heard that somebody out there was basically trying to get some low subscriber YouTube channels to encourage people not to go to the national because they want fewer of the so-called flippers to be there really taking up room when it's going to be such a madhouse in there. So basically, you know, it discouraged people from going because it's going to be so busy, which ties into what you were just saying to me. Maybe we don't want some of those people at that show because again, it's just going to be a madhouse. We know this is good. This is going to be a crazy show. There's going to be so many people there and I'm, I'm not going to miss it, and I'm going to cross the border and go to it because I want the experience. I want I want the memories. I want
1: the social aspect, the networking. Um, I, I can't wait for this show. The other thing is the content that's going to come out of this show. So if Dallas was any indicator of the amount of content being generated at a show, you're going to see an, um, a, an insane amount of content created at the National. So if, of all those who haven't seen the National who are missing out, You'll be able to see it in your own little way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh. So I, I will be at the national setup. I will
0: be doing some streaming to the YouTube channel from there. Uh, it's not going to be your normal sports cards live episodes, but I will be set up there with like a a section uh, in the corporate area, and um, I'm gonna basically do a couple live streams every day. That's the plan. Whether they're fifteen minutes or an hour long, it depends which patrons at the show come by and want to share their experience with the audience. Uh, let's see the cards you're picking up. Let's What what are you seeing? What's the vibe? What energy are you picking up here? Are you having fun? Anything stick out? That kind of stuff. So it's going to be fun. I'm going to do probably, you know, it's five days long. I'm there the whole time. I get in the night before. I leave the day after. So I'm going to be at the show the full five days and, uh, you know, planning to do two streams a day. But we'll see. Maybe maybe more, maybe less. No No promises. Um, couple of comments here. Barry says LinkedIn is investing more than 5 billion billion. Ooh. No, into hobby, billion. That's, a, that's a lot of money. Billion. Okay. Thank you, Barry. Sam says, I tried looking around at other booths due to restriction in time, but I felt like Jeremy and Amit's booths were so easy to navigate with a link attached for cards available for sale. I think that's the formula for the virtual expo. I really think it does. Brad 31 got his ticket. He will be there. Seb says next Toronto show in November, there should be a Dropbox booth to give courses to sellers or Google Docs for sure. For sure. Chris Carter says, I love how for Jay Lee, there was a slab fest after hours bonus time. I was the first one ever. So they were still figuring it out a little bit. Rich Klein. Good evening. Says I might end my day before I go to bed by continuing to hobby. That's right. The hobby is a lifestyle, everybody. It's a lifestyle. Chris Carter says his cards were $3 to
1: 300. Amit, please. The so one thing I will say though is the idea that we, you and I, came up with. Do you remember the genesis of how we thought of that idea? Remind me. It was like a week or so before the show, and we both were on the phone, like, "Oh, maybe I should do a Google Drive. Oh, maybe I should do a Dropbox." We did oh. it, decided in like literally fifteen seconds. So what? Like
0: that was because we didn't know what to do. Yeah. Right. We were on the phone trying to think what's the best way to set up for a virtual show because at one time I had a separate camera <laughs> with a showcase of cards on my floor yes. and I'm like that. That's not because nobody knew. Even you know, even Steve and his team wasn't really sure the best way to do a card show on a virtual yeah. on a virtual platform. But like any, and we've we've said this from the beginning. I mean, this thing is going to evolve. Yes. It's not going to be perfect the first time. We and the patrons need to be patient or we ask you to be patient and let it evolve. Let us figure it out. And when we find, when it clicked, we're
1: like, oh, that's the easiest way to do it. And it worked. It did, but it wasn't like, it didn't take us long. That's what I'm trying to say is the, the simplest executions are the best ones.
0: Very fair. Chris Carter says my cards are $3 to 300 plus a few more. There we go. We're getting some business over there for Chris. Colin clarifies, yes, a virtual preview. That's I like that idea. Steve, I know you're out there listening. If, if there's any way to open up the hop in platform a weekend or two before the expo, not a bad idea. Show some cards off and maybe uh, set up some deals in advance even. Although I'm already looking forward to the, to the real expo being four days instead of three. That is my favorite news. Wow, 3-2 Islanders. Here we go. 7-5 oh, to the Reds, on to the 9th. Mike says, still not sure Canadians can travel to the National.
1: Yes, you they can. can,
0: and yes, I am. Colin says, it will prepare the deal. I was just thinking that, Colin. It'll prepare the dealers more for the in-person expo if you're having a virtual preview a week or two in advance. Probably the weekend before, I would think. Uh, otherwise, it might be too soon. Troy says, not just deals, experience meeting new people, contacts, friendships. In, re- in relation to going to a card show in person? Yes. Hundred and million percent, Troy. You nailed it. Josh Glover says, Carvin kind of mentioned that today. He mentioned Comic-Con and most go there for the experience, not to shop or get deals. I treat Expo the same way and for National too. Well, Josh, that's because you are an experienced collector who likes people. Not all collectors like people and not all collectors... <laughs> want to collect
1: it's just it's so true though there are dealers and you and i know this there are certain dealers who are like how they don't even like look up at you and talk to you they don't even say hi like it's like you have to have a bit of social social skills and personality to be able to do a job well
0: exactly yeah steve menzi is with us good evening steve Ken from pastime in BC says the national is better than a museum. You can't buy something you fall in love with or have a personal connection with. I think, I think I, I don't know if I'm understanding that comment
1: right there. He's saying it's treating it like a museum. Like you can enjoy the art. You don't necessarily afford, can afford it, but you can still enjoy it. But if you are funded, you can buy cards
0: of the national. And the other thing is that the national has everything every, yes. And so many of those dealers don't have anything from 2020. They don't have any Prism basketball. So you know if you're if you're going there looking for Prism base silvers, yeah, you you might run into some dealers who bought them in March that don't want to take a loss. They don't want to lock in that loss yet, or they're going to be smart and realize if they don't have if they're not personally collecting them that hey, I got to move it, take what I can get, and redeploy those funds into something yeah. better, make a better decision next time. Right? It's like when you have stale inventory. You're, you need to liquidate that inventory, make, turn it into money and redeploy that money into something. Now you're experienced too. So hopefully the next time around, you'll make better decisions and not buy the super highest pop cards there are out there. Let's see. Chris says, I'm thinking of risk of catching COVID with only one vaccine. Yeah, I'll be fully vaccinated by the time I go, which is a big part of it for me and my family, for me to go to the national and cross the border for sure. Steve says I was surprised they were still pushing ticket sales for the national in today's panel. Yeah, well, maybe uh, maybe there won't maybe it won't be a problem. Who knows how many people? It's still early. A lot of people wait till the last minute. Let's keep that in mind as well. Uh, let's see what we have here. Uh, past Ken did a segment on Bloomberg this morning on the show. That's really cool. Troy says, so true, video after video of the Dallas show, national videos will be endless. That's true. There's going to be a lot of people walking around with camera crews and mic booms and all that kind of thing, right? Not not this creator, though. You won't see me walking around with a mic boom and a a camera crew. Lapper says, flippers are people too. We have feelings. I bought my card from Jeremy today for my PC. Uh, And goes on to say, I'm not sure how someone could just flip for money. You got to love the cards too flippers are people too yeah
1: flippers well they do love things they
0: love money and that you know what i agree with i completely agree flippers are people too but there's a distinction for me between flippers who bash the hobby online lately because they did not make smart moves versus flippers who are experienced didn't make bad moves because they have experience and they didn't just come into the hobby last June. Nothing against people that came into the hobby last June. But if you did and you spent all your money in March or February of 2020, 2021, now things might look a little bit grim for you. But what percent of people does that represent that are hobbyists? Like 1% maybe? Like if Mm -hmm. that, probably a lot less, right? Most, many people have been in the hobby for more than a year. I know there's a lot of people to come in the last year, And if, and a lot of those people will be disenchanted and they will leave. But if, if the collecting bug, if there's no nostalgia for them, if that, if they never connected with the hobby, then yeah, I mean, you know, I heard it on, on an Instagram live, just the, no, it was on the Luca Tigers and bronze podcast. They had P Ryan on. He said it really well. He said, a tree needs to be pruned in order for it to grow. And what he meant was we need to prune the We we need to get, I want to say this properly, but some hobbyists need to leave the hobby in order for the hobby to grow. Mm -hmm. And especially the ones that are just spreading like crappy narrative based on inexperience and and personal sort of objectives, I guess. I don't know. It's very strange. Seb says, if I collect 95% hockey, should I go to the national or wait for Toronto Montreal? Both and all, Seb, both and all. The national is a pure, truly a spectacle. I mean, I've been, I've been 9, 80 percent hockey my whole life. I'm now lower, but I've been going to the national. Haven't missed one since 07 or 08. So I've been to, I said 15 earlier, maybe not 15. I've been to 13 or 12, whatever it is, more than 10. And I tell you, it is awesome. It is awesome. Sanderson says to Lapper, hockey card flips. I don't know. How people can just flip but I have spoken to several on Clubhouse and they are cold blooded about the hobby that's true that's true there there, are those sort of people who are just looking to make money the thing is is that if you're a pure investor in the hobby there has to be a, a, an end user for every card you have and if, if the cards you have 15,000 other people have them and the end users already have them that's not a good way to approach it you're, you're just you're not going to do well long term with in, with that sort of approach Mike says as a Canadian fly to the national yes drive not yet may change July 21st yeah we're getting an, an announcement then Lapper says I'm sure they're out there but they are a small minority for sure I'm flipping to buy bigger cars I want which I think is pretty mm-hmm. common yes. yeah but you have to flip to get bigger cars each flip needs to be profitable and yes. in a down in a down in market, It's a, it's just not, it's not a, a, it's not a successful approach, but over time, over time, you will, you, I think you will be successful if you're making good decisions and you're not just chasing the crowd all the time. So my, uh, Ken says, you do not have to have a huge budget to enjoy the national, but if you do can take the item home, you can take that home is my point. Thank you, Ken. And Ken's been, I saw Ken set up at the national in 2019, had great stuff. But Ken's got a chain of stores in, in BC. So he's uh, he's got a different approach in a lot of people because he does sports cards for a living and, and has like four different, four card shops. So, But uh, but Ken had a great, I, I saw lots of action at Ken. I babysat his booth once when he had to take a bio break at the last national. What else we got here? Hey everybody, great day to be alive. There you go. That's a nice comment and very, very much agree. Sam says there'll be lots of vlogs at the national for sure. And I hope there are. Lapper, I I appreciate that. I don't know what it was I said, but he says there has to be nostalgia and a connection to the hobby. I think so. Rich Frank says no absolutely stuff against people that just came in June. Absolutely not. Nothing against people that came in June. I only have something against people that came in June who made bad decisions and now trash the hobby because they're mad at themselves. Mm -hmm. I can tell you being in this hobby, hardcore, for 40 years now, well, 41 years almost and really hardcore in terms of, you know, being a, being an adult and having discretionary income for at least say 20, um, you can be successful in this hobby. You, you sure. can be, even in a down market. It's, and like, like Chris Carter will tell you, now's the time to be buying. You know, and I'm not saying that, I want to take that back because I don't want to tell people when to buy. I do not like to tell people when to buy. But I will tell you that Warren Buffett will tell you you, you, you buy when people are fearful and you and you sell when people are excited. I forget the exact wording, but you get what I'm saying, which makes good sense. Tyler says, I may have paid up in the last six months for a few maize and mantle cards, but when the prices get super low, it won't bother me much because I actually love the cards. Well, not only, yeah, but the key is the last two words. You're in it long haul. Tyler, yeah. you're in it for the long haul. Tyler, I've said it on this channel before. I bought a Mickey Mantle 51 Bowman rookie in 2007, I believe seven or eight. And I bought it very impulsively. And, I, and after I bought it, I looked at comps and I overpaid, I paid like six grand. It was selling for five. And I was like, oh my God, I just overpaid by a thousand dollars. Well, I put that card away. I wasn't planning to sell it anyway. Now I'm laughing, right? I'm laughing now. If you have a long-term hold horizon for your cards, and by long-term, I'm not talking six months. I'm not talking a year. I'm talking like 10 plus years as one approach, not the only one, you're going to do well if you bought a maze or a mantle at any time in 2021. It's like, here, here here's a fact that my financial planner told me, and I believe him, he says, If you only invested in the stock market on six days in the history of the stock market, each of those six days being the day before a stock market crash. Okay, so you're buying the day before it crashes. Six days in history, you are still up overall, meaning you're buying the day before the crash. If those are the only days you bought, you are up. So you you take a long-term view, you're going to be just fine. Islanders won three to two. That means I'm not going to win my daily fantasy. We got rage in the house. Good evening, rage. We got mosaic mind says, is flipping still a thing in the market so far off a of recent high. Yes. For sure. It's a thing yes. because for sure. It's the thing because not everything has come down in value in the past three months, but everything is up in value over the last year. Pretty much Correct. not everything, you know, not everything, but cards that yeah. are, yeah, I mean, your, your 1992 base cards aren't up in value, but many, many cards that are highly sought after are up in the last year. So yeah, flipping's flipping's been a thing in the hobby for decades. It's not, it's not a new thing. No. Rage worked a show in Boston today. Boy, are the prices low. Low compared to what, Rage? Compared to March or compared to a year ago? Because I'm guessing not compared to a year ago. I guarantee not compared to a year ago and I wasn't even there. Toa says, this is a hobby and it requires passion and love in it. It can't just be about making money and making money off of people who love the hobby. That's why casual flippers won't last. It will correct. I think what you're saying is that the demographics of the hobby will will correct and that's what I think will happen. Awesome. Uh, Brad says, the first national was in 88. Many of my best friends are from the national. It's crazy. Cannot find what you're looking for and then one or two dealers that have stuff and and you find it yeah that's uh that's that's awesome for sure the national is amazing yeah oh and you're out of cash he says down here for sure like i like i've said to people at i've been saying this at card shows for a few years now when you get to a card show and you see a card you want you got to buy it then if you need that card and it's kind of rare because don't expect to come back and it'll still be there
1: do you remember um at the expo like everyone used to go nuts for that when the cash machine was out of cash Right, now you have PayPal, you have Stripe, you have all these like, different ways to pay, right? You don't have to worry about the cash machine. So it's like, it's interesting how far we've come in a short amount of time.
0: <laughs> the whole world, hey, oh, here we go. See this, buy the panic and sell the euphoria. Oh, I like that. If you can't see, but that doesn't work for me. The second part doesn't work for me. I can't sell the euphoria because I don't buy cards thinking I'm gonna sell them. Like some, if I buy a card, if I buy a collection for my card show inventory, sure. But I'm not out there hunting cards to sell at card shows. I have inventory. I've had it for a while. And I'm always buying the odd collection. But when I buy a piece for my personal collection, I'm not going to sell it in the euphoria. I'll wait a couple decades and, sell, and find a euphoria in my twilight years when I spend the last five years of my life, if I'm lucky enough to get that old, to um, travel the card show circuit and sell off my collection that way. That's kind of my, yeah. my retirement plan. Be greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy. There it is, another way of saying it. Very nice, very nice. Think, uh,
1: Brian Gray said that too. That's a, that's a
0: Warren Buffett thing. Everyone gets it from Warren Buffett, I believe. Rage says, I did find was there for the enjoyment and whatever I made was a bonus, but definitely noticed a huge difference from last week alone. So that's good. People are moving cards now. Brad says, I've always said until the list of cards I want is smaller than the list of cards I have, every downturn is welcome. A lot of people are really um, thriving in, in when the market dips a little bit. All right, let's see. We said we were gonna go for about an hour, hour 15 tonight because uh, we both have been streaming for about nine hours today before this. <laughs> so we'll go for a few, we'll go for a little bit more here. I do wanna show yeah. some cards I sold. We'll hear from a little bit from what a meat sold. So I'm gonna just scan and we're not gonna to get to all the comments. I just wanna say good evening to Charles Smith. Great to, great to see you. Thank you for coming to the show. Thank you. Mosaic says uh, just liquidating in excess. Will Bennett, good old Expo uh, semi regular. Usually the fall Expo. The hobby is never actually putting any real money in my wallet personally, but it's not all about the money amount. It's about the friends, the fun, and late night meals at Zets right outside the card show in Toronto. Mosaic says, "How does the shutdown of PSA and BGS affect flipping?" Yeah, Mosaic. You know what? That's co- we're not going to get into that right now. Just in That's the, a huge just topic. Of time. But uh, but I hear you. There's definitely some uh, there's definitely a conversation there as well. So, I mean, I wanted to give a couple shout outs out there, guys, to the people that did come and hang out with me at the booth. And if I if I didn't, I just did this before we went live. And I'm sorry if I forget anybody. So I do apologize. But I do want to shout out. Let's see who I wrote down. I got Carvin joined me uh, before and after we did the main stage panel with Dr. Beckett and and Chris McGill from Card Ladder. Uh, Bobby Burrell joined me for an extended period today, Bobby. Thanks for keeping me company. Billy Stelio from Upper Deck was there. Thank you, Billy. It was great to see you. Chris Wells, my buddy from Edmonton, hung out for a while. Sam Genova from Toronto, hung out for a little while. We had Josh Glover. We had John Manzella. We had Barry Ma from C. We had um, Chris Carter came and hung out for a bit. My buddy Darcy out of BC. Scott Nobles tried to join but couldn't get his audio working. Brad Hartland from Nova Scotia came out and hung out for a bit. That's everybody I have written down here. I want to thank all you guys for that. Had a great main stage session talking about sort of sustainability with, as I mentioned, Carmen, Chris, and Dr. Beckett. That was a lot of fun. Amit, why don't you show us some of the cards that you uh, you moved around today?
1: Sure. So uh, like I said, I'm a hockey guy first. So I'll show some things that I moved. So I moved this uh, Victor Hedman Future Watch Auto to make sure that actually scans in nicely there. There you go. Nice so auto, today. Huh? Um, I have a friend of mine who wanted to pick up some Stanley Cup signatures. So this is uh, Habibulin, right? Really crisp loops, uh, eleven twelve certified auto, on card. And then a couple other nice ones. So let's just pick a card that some people may know has. Everyone knows Captain Sirius. Johnny so Taze. Johnny Taze, right? Con Smythe auto, that's a nice one.
0: So just again, he's showing us a sample of cards that moved for
1: him today. Correct. So these are the cards that moved in. I'm picking this stack because this is a stack I didn't want to let go. I didn't want to let go, but then I can't have everything. So it's a nice on-card of Brett Hall. That's nice. This is from a Stanley Cup set, and this is a couple other cards I'll show you from there. Some things my people appreciate. So, Oh, did is the Isles went today? Did the Isles win today? They did. So a little Dennis Potvin Stanley Cup auto. Were those all to Josh? Those are all to Josh. <laughs> he told me about those <laughs> So I figured I was just gonna pull one that are nicer that can actually show up on screen, right? So I didn't want to like take up too much of your time. Um, and then I'll show you one last one. This is a Pittsburgh Penguins, Brian Trottier. Just in case some people uh, who aren't familiar with hockey can get used to some of the names on here. See. So those are some of the cards I moved to our very good friend Josh and thank you Josh It'll, I'm glad they'll never go anywhere but it I can't believe I had like 75% of that set and then I I let it go like I had that. you can't keep everything you can't keep everything no
0: no you cannot no you cannot uh, mosaic Mind says sorry if i'm harping on flipping that phenomena got me back in the hobby but now the bubble is deflated well adapt mosaic adapt adapt and you will be fine remember it's all about the cards anyway and unless it's not for you then Maybe it's not. Maybe the hobby isn't for you anymore, and I'd hate to see you go because you're you're around here a lot. You seem like a great guy or or girl. Love to love to keep you see a stick around. Love to see you stick around. Rage is going to try me. to make his first national.
1: You know your shirt says flipped. You do know that, right? Yeah, flip your next card on Com C.
0: It's you're kind of ironic, hey? Okay?
1: Yeah.
0: Um. Yeah, I wanted to give uh, Barry, who I know is watching, it, I wanted to wear a Com C shirt to support Barry. Good evening, Steve Sir. That's Edda's dad. Good evening, Steve Sir. You uh great to have you, uh Sam, as always. Lapper says those Stanley Cup signatures are great. I just found them recently. You're not harping. Everything you said is spot on. Toa says I'm high risk, so I haven't made a card show in months. Definitely miss it. Hope Taves is able to play next year for sure. For mm-hmm. sure. Footloose Ottawa says can't wait till the expo is de virtualized in the fall. We cannot wait either. <laughs> Ray says, yeah, I never flip just singles. I open any box, find what I want, blah, blah, Yeah, people are ruthless, that's for sure. Josh says, I'm glad you let that go. They'll be in my Stanley Cup binder forever. Good evening, collection, SML. Charles Smith likes those. Everyone loves those cards you bought, Josh. Everyone loves those cards. Yeah, Jeremy wearing a flip shirt. How funny is that, hey? (laughs) Bye-bye, flippers. Flip. No, this is a shirt that uh, Barry from C sent me a while ago.
1: Yep, Barry, who's on here as well.
0: And they were, you know, they were supporting the, the expo as they always do. So I'm just trying to stay uh, supporting the expo as this is the, the expo recap. So some, I'm going to show some deals that I did, give you guys an idea of uh, the kind of cards that I was moving today. I'll show you first. This was a, this was a good one. This is a uh, Artemi Panarin Cup RPA out of 99 for color. That card was moved. Put back on the gentleman's name who purchased that. Uh, this was a fun one. Kind of a mix here. We got a PSA 7 Alex Del Vecchio rookie card, along with a Rick Middleton PSA 9, 1974 Opeachy, and a Glenn Anderson PSA 9. Those three all going to the same buyer, as well as this card here. And this card has had has been um, panelled with scissors, not even perforated with scissors. But that's how I picked that card up, and uh, that card is found a new home. All those three going to the same person. Here's a really cool card. This is Lapper, I'm showing the card you bought because I'm gonna miss this one. These rubies are awesome. This is a Alexander Barkov Skybox Premium Star Rubies rookie out of 50 and a PSA 10 holder. Awesome, awesome card. Gonna miss that one for sure. These two went to somebody in the chat right now, a Dale Howarchuk PSA 9 and a Marty McSorley PSA 10. If he wants to identify himself, I will let him. And this was a fun, a fun sale, too. I I had all these cards um, PSA DNA'd myself. These are all autograph rookies. We have the Shanahan, the Joe Mullen, the Grant Fuhrer, the Denny Savard, and the Mike Gartner. Gentleman also bought the, un, the PSA 10 Joe Mullen rookie. And this Gordy Howe President's Choice Jersey Auto that I decided to let go after buying those directly from Dr. Brian Price. Also sold this to somebody who may be in the chat, uh, Connor McDavid, Yellow Taxi from Allure. And another gentleman might be in, in the in the chat, a nice 0708 Cup Base Patch Parallel, one of my favorite cards, but I have another copy of this, it's Jason Spezza, who's getting Hobby Love now again. These two cards, again, went to somebody who was in the chat earlier. We have a Carey Price SP Game Use, a, th- a three-color, but just a little bit of blue up in the corner, and a Patrick Wah Shadow Box. Nice little sale there. This went to uh, my buddy John, a really cool team of Solani, ultimate patch card out of 10. So this is, this is you know, all hockey, and I did have baseball for sale. Sold these two early on in the show, a BGS95, Marty Brodeur, and a Peter Bondra. And then... Final deal. These three all went to the same gentleman also in the chat. Pavel Bure, um, Fire on Ice. I love this card. Sidney Crosby, another card that I have two of. And this beautiful Patrick Kane, SP Authentic Limited Auto Patch, number 225. Those were... Oh, and then the last deal was these three with Chris Carter, who mentioned earlier. We have an Alex Ovechkin, Opechee Platinum, numbered 1 of 100. We have a Sidney Crosby. This is the um, SB Game Use numbered 1 of 157. And finally, a Nathan McKinnon Premier Base Card, jersey number 29 and 249. So there you go. Those are the cards that I moved today. And um, that was quite a bit, more than I expected. Whoa, let say something. Give my voice a break.
1: So, yeah, same here. These are examples of some of the cards I sold. Um, many more that I can mention that two probably won't interest all the viewers here, but definitely a lot of hockey. My booth mate Kent sold a lot of baseball, a lot of baseball. Um, actually, I saw a lot of basketball last night. So did move all four sports. I say all three sports that I have. There is I even have some wrestling. Actually, no, I did four, wrestling a sport. I'll just consider it first. for today. I'll consider it a sport. I uh, sold uh, some wrestling cards, so a little bit of everything today. It was actually a pretty good mix, and uh, I'll have a whole lot of that more tomorrow. So please come by and uh, buy me out. Buy them out. Go buy cards from a meet tomorrow, guys.
0: Buy some cards from a meet. Okay, I'm going to run through the comments here, dude. And um, I think I'm just looking at my notes here. We talked about uh, the booth. We talked about the deals. We talked about Slab Fest. Talked about... The uh, the sports cars live episode we did during the show today mm-hmm. talked about the national the hobby narrative. I want you to plug your show and your channel on in on, on YouTube before we before we head out here tonight. So I'm gonna run through the final the final the comments here, Amit. Then you're gonna talk about your show, guys. It's it's streaming right now on the ticker. Amit has his show on own show on YouTube called called Cardboard Culture with his partner Kent. They do a great job. They bring on a very diverse. I'll I'll, I'll do it. A very diverse <laughs> range of guests and they ask everyone the same question at the end but i'm not going to spoil it and let you know what it is you got to tune into his show to find out what the same question that they ask everybody i was For on sure. episode 10 i believe how many episodes have you had so far
1: 21 now and like you said we pick up on the diverse and you know inclusivity aspect of the hobby rather than the financial kind of aspect of it cuz uh we're talking to collectors why do they collect why are they passionate about collecting and how are they spreading their hobby love and hobby wing across many diverse communities and cultures? Um, we've had people from like Name Cardinal on there. We had Peter Pac Man. Some of you guys are on Instagram. We've had this guy. No, sorry. This guy there's my finger here this yeah. guy um and we really get into you know the human aspect of the hobby so it's been 21 shows it's been amazing we've had panini on there upper deck on there it's just been fun it's been a well, wild price
0: from uh, in the yeah. game and president's choice i i love that episode yeah. yeah it's been i love you have the guy the lego collector on that yeah. i love that episode you've done great okay let's uh and guys give them a subscribe let's build up their subscribership on uh, on cardboard culture um, okay, I'm gonna just run through some com- Rich Frank says, when I flip on Com C, I look at it like making a trade. See that, yeah. I love that comment because that's how I look at every sale I do. It's a, th- every sale I do is a three-way trade. That's why when I, when I get a little frustrated sometimes when I see somebody and they say, I only trade. You won't sell? No, I only trade. Well, how about this? I'll trade you my cash for your cards and you go trade my cash for cards that you want from somebody else. It's a three-way trade that yeah. way. Anyway. Not everybody sees it that way, and that's fine too. Uh, Mikey, who uh, event staff at the show, uh, thank you so much. We'll see you tomorrow, buddy. Definitely, James G. If you're wondering prices for what I sold for, uh, I just don't want to disclose that. No. Yeah, but I, pre- no. but I appreciate it. Come check out the cards tomorrow. I'll have mon- many more for sale. Chris Carter says the meet. The offers are now sent. Jason uh, Orv says, "Hey guys, fun. Yeah, great. Thanks for popping in today, Orv." Lapper bought my pop one barkov. Yeah, man, you're gonna love that card. I, I love it, Aaron. Like, I, I when you wanted to buy it, I was I was kind of like ah, but you know what? I gotta move some cards, so it's okay. Rage says Sanderson well late in the 80s, 90s vintage, 90s metal. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna read that all right now. Colin Murray's booth is vintage hockey HC Exchange. Check it out. Josh says, My wife's not watching. I can admit I bought the Howard Chuck and McSorley. Eric says, hi to the Gordy. Thank you, Rage. Charles Smith, I picked up the auto rookie. So excited. There you go. Love the game news. That Paul Cashman bought the yellow taxi off me, the McDavid. Oh, boy, lots of comments still. What year was the first true hockey card? Uh, really, it's the 1910 uh, C56s, but there yeah. are some hockey-themed cards from, like, 1888 yes. Pacific and, and something I can't remember. But player cards, like with names on them, I believe it's 1910. I don't think there's anything before that. Where's Bobby Burrell? Bobby Burrell, if you're watching, please advise. Let us know. Yeah, Rage has the tobacco style. Yeah, they had the 1910, 1911, and 1912 sets. Uh, I guess some people are watching. KD hit, hit it. Kevin Durant, what a shot. Adventures, I'm down to the last. Yeah, he, Paul's working on the McDavid Rainbow from Allure. Rage has been on a major hockey kick. Way to go, way to go. All right, guys, what's this? Darcy says, hey, you guys, excellent setups for the Virtual Expo. You guys are like card experts. Thanks, Darcy. Thanks, Darcy. Thank you, sir. People in the U.S. just don't get hockey. They're slow, and hockey is a fast game. But basketball is pretty fast, too, you know? Yeah. For sure, for sure. Okay, I am I don't want to leave anybody out here, so I'm going to just scan for any comments towards the end. uh oh, Ryan O'Hara. That was, that was you, the Bathroom Bro and the Bondra. Sam says, hopefully I can come and see you both tomorrow at some point during the Expo. Take care, Sam. Great to see you. Steve sure. says, thank you, calling all the collectors and dealers who supported the Virtual Expo today. Hope to see you all there tomorrow. Yes. Hope to see everybody tomorrow again at the Virtual Expo, guys. Next Friday on Sports Cards Live, I will be doing the, again, I think it's the 5th, February, March, April, May, June, the 5th installment of the pwcc ebay auction ending watch parties for hockey cards that will be next friday we'll go from uh seven o'clock six o'clock 7, seven, eight, eight till ten or so my time so the usual time watch for it i'll post it and then saturday is going to be the guest on sports cards live is josh luber josh is the Founder of StockX, a big company. He's a hobbyist. He's starting up something new in the hobby space. And I'm just going to find it to confirm on After Hours next Saturday. None other than my good friend Ben Carlos, who, if you don't know Ben Carlos and his YouTube channel, check it out. So, this next Friday, Saturday is going to be a lot of fun on, on Sports Cards Live, guys. Come and join us. Going to do the final comments here. Bobby, the earliest cards are basically trade cards. So, C56 would be the first official. Sure. No after hours tonight, Mosaic. Been streaming for like 12 hours today, but we can't do have, anymore. Come see us at the show, Mosaic. Thanks, Lapper. Come see us at the show again tomorrow if you got some time. Rage, we'll see you next weekend. Ryan found a couple cards from a meet that I'd like. I'll come chat tomorrow. There you go. Okay, that's the end of the comments, guys. Thanks everybody for joining. Hope to see you all at the, at the virtual Sport Card Expo tomorrow. And if not, we'll see you next week on Sports Cards Live. Signing off. Good night, Rage. Cheers,
1: all.